Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Shanika Peterson. Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Shanika. How are you doing, Queen? Thank you for riding the passenger seat with me for this morning's discussion question. We have a special guest on the line with us as well. Uh, Jason Warner. So, Queen, glad to have you on. If you will, say hello to the truth seekers out there listening and give people a little bit of your background before we introduce the guest. Good morning. Good morning, Montoya. Um, good morning, James. How are you? Jason. His name is Jason. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jason. Jason no, no, no problem. No, <laughs> no we got a little, we're going to get it straight now. No, what's up? no, we got him on there. Go ahead, Queen. Um, so my name is Shanika Peterson. As Montoya said, I am um, a co-host of Real Talk with Pastor D podcast. Um, I also host several conversation parties around the Atlanta area. Um, Montoya, I think I met you a few years ago um, attending your mental dialogue events here in Atlanta. So I think ever since, um, what, about three years ago? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. About three years ago, you know, we've been supporting each other in our individual endeavors. So I thank you for inviting me onto the show. Nah, glad to have you, Queen. But, yeah, I got, I'm sorry, I got Jason live now. Hey, what's up, King? How you doing? Thanks for being with us. Jason is a returning guest. Uh, I'd love to uh, bring back intelligent people as we all call ourselves the return of intelligent radio. So thank you, King, for being with us. If you will, say hello to Shanika. I, I had you muted when she said that to you, so I'll let you say hello to her as well as to the truth seekers and give people a little bit of your background uh, in reference to today's discussion, if you will. Good morning, good morning. Jason Warner, Shanika, good morning, Queen. Um, good morning. I'm a, hu- I'm a husband. I'm a father of four. 
Um, I, I will call myself a uh, servant entrepreneur um, in the the tech community engagement and, and education space. Um, and, you know, I love being on this platform. And can Absolutely. I say something really to... quick, Montoya? I just want to shout Jason out. So, Jason, I did a little uh, probing really quick right before this show. Rattler, how are you? Fam, you? Hey. I just want to send a shout Family. out to you. <laughs> and you're from Family. Miami as well. So, home team. Home team. Hey, we yeah. ain't doing that. We're not doing all that on the show. Y'all, y'all could have <laughs> said that after the show, Shadika. Y'all could have y'all figured that out after the show. No, I'm joking. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got mad love for the HBCUs here on Mental Dialogue. So, no, nah, that is absolutely cool. No, nah, it's all good. All right. Well, Jason, well, you know you got, you're got you going to be, so, you know, somebody up the bat with you today. She didn't, she's been probing on you, so you got to make sure you're on point with your stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, all the, always, always. We're excited. We're, I mean, I think this is a great show. Um, I think you might be you might be, you might be shocked at what I'm about to say, my toy, and, and it actually goes back based off a little bit of the conversation we had the other day. Um, so be ready. No, nah, sounds good. Well, let's let everybody know what we're talking about. If you've been seeing the promotions, you know what this morning's discussion question is. If you're a first-time listener, uh, we always do our shows for the most part uh, in the form of a question. Uh, the concept is. If we ask enough of the right questions, maybe we'll get to the right answers one day. And this morning's discussion question is, when a good man shows up, now what? When a good man shows up, now what? So we'll start like we typically do. Uh, actually, um, Jason, since you're the guest, I'll start with you. Uh, you've done participated in this before. So all I want you to do is when I called you and said, hey, this is the question, I want you to give me just your first initial thought that popped in your head, not to drone out as you thought as you thought about the question itself, but just once you heard it, what what initially popped in your head when I said, when a good man shows up, now what? Do you recall what that first initial thought was? Um, my first initial thought was the stereotype of, you know, good men get uh, treated, I guess finished last, right? Um, but there was so much more that came to that um, after having thinking about the process and having a conversation about what we talked about um, from that I took from your last show. No, absolutely. So the first thought was good men finish last. Same thing to you, Shadika, just a quick, it's like I say, not drawn out. I uh, say, hey, here's the show title. Can you recall what your first initial thought was? My first initial thought was what is a good guy? I think it's very hey. subjective, and um, it depends on who you're talking to because I think oftentimes when we make those comments about what's good, um, you know, we there are certain line items that we check off that we associate with goodness, not taking into consideration the whole complete person is in their totality. So, yeah, my first thought was what's a good guy because it's very subjective to the person. Nah. Nah, fair enough, fair enough. Again, just wanting to get those initial thoughts, uh, just to even share. So, again, we say we use the Socratic method. We try to ask the right questions to get to the actual answer, if, if there is an answer for something like this. But I definitely uh, wanted to get into the, the nuance of that discussion question. When a good man shows up, now what? 
a few other questions that I hope to contend with, and we'll as we do the show, we'll kind of hopefully get into these things naturally, not necessarily answering the questions specifically. Um, but I just want to even share this before we go to our first initial break, and we come back from break, we'll get hot and heavy into the topic. Uh, but just to even kind of put this on both of your minds, and as always, just to, uh, Shanika, this is your first time being with us, but I'll play cuts. And often the cuts will lead us in a direction. So just when you hear the commercials, um, just keep in mind that there will be cuts after some of the commercials and just, you know, make sure we're paying attention to those because they will help lead the discussion as well. But a couple other, just I just want to even share this for somebody who may have not seen the promotions for this show. So a couple of concepts that I will may hopefully we'll delve into as we get into this discussion this morning. Um, that I've even seen situations where, quote-unquote, like, as you said, Shadika, uh, you know, what's a good man or a good brother, if you will, uh, that could be relative. But a lot of times men who will see themselves as good men, for example, sometimes they will pursue a woman and they they see great potential, but there are certain dynamics that these some of these good brothers say consistently seem to come up with the sisters, and sometimes they will choose to, in a sense, bow out of the situation. Um, so another thing is just like you say, once we define what that is, you know, what what are these good men? What are they? What are they expecting? Are their expectations unfair? Uh, you know, things of that things of that nature. Or as some good men quite often will say, um, that a, sometimes a woman doesn't know what to do when a when a good man shows up in their lives. So these are all the things that we hope to explore for this morning's discussion. But like I said, we'll go to a quick break when we come back. We'll get hot and heavy into this. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. For the callers that are out there on the line, just to give y'all a heads up, uh, anytime you're listening in, if you want to get in on this morning's discussion, we will open up the phone lines. You do have to press 1 whenever you're ready to get into the discussion. The number to get in, if you're online, is 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. All I ask if that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com. 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Dot com. Call them at 404-465-4348. And I, I want to be with her, and that's why I'm with her. She doesn't need to be with me. I hope all she wants to be with me. the fellas out there 
Watch well, not, see, we're going no, to play this back. The problem is that, that oftentimes women project all these things on these men, mm-hmm. and it's not their fault. No, know? I understand because, that. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of women, they fall in love with the potential rather with the person rather than the My person brother says that all the time. He's like, you fall, you fall for the potential and not the reality. Yes. He says that all the time. You've got to be in love with the person that's standing in front of you right now. Are you listening? The person that's standing in front of you right now, not the potential, not what he could become mm-hmm. if he does certain things. No, the person is standing in front of you right this minute. And if you're good with that, if you're comfortable with that, if you love that person, then it's going to be successful. That's the best tip. And then you have... Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Soccer Team, along with special guest co-host Shanika Peterson. Our special guest is Jason Warner for this morning's discussion question. When a good man shows up, now what? As you just heard a cut uh, with Boris Kojo, uh, just speaking about... As he mentions quite often, uh, may, in a sense, fall in love with potential, uh, and sometimes that can get them in trouble. Uh, Jason, as a guest, I'll let you, in a sense, lead off again and just give me, in a sense, your thoughts uh, to that cut. I know you have some other things you want to bring up, and we'll definitely do that as well. But, if again, just any, any thoughts to what you heard uh, uh, Boris um, Kojo mention in that cut? Um, I, I think, yes, um, I actually agree with what he said is a lot of times I think uh, both men and women, we, we tend to fall in love with the potential or the idea of versus really finding out who that person is and the goodness that they bring in. Um, so I think we need to get start getting into a place where we're, we're literally like just learning who that person is. And I can speak from, from uh, experience, like with my wife, um, I was married before. Uh, when my, my current wife uh, and I got together, what we did was learn who each other was, right? We learned the goodness and some of the flaws of, of each other and really took the time to just to, to, to focus on learning who they we are and not the potential of what we want um, to make each other become. No, it makes sense. Shanika, um, Jason, real quick, just so you know, you got something in the background as well. Just, I think it's, I'm pretty sure. I think it's just giving you a kind of a heads up, so maybe you can mute in and out if you will. Yeah, I am. I'm trying to get get out of the store. Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah, so just letting you know. But, Shanika, your thoughts, um, uh, when you hear Boris say, hey, that's a mistake he thinks, uh, in a sense, sisters make, and I agree with Jason, men and women make that mistake quite often. Um, but any thoughts? Uh, from your perspective on hear, hearing Boris mention that. And, and let me say this real quick, because I think this is how I think it applies. I have this concept that as some men mature into, quote, unquote, good men or think of themselves as good, uh, I think I hear men quite often, as and, and Boris wasn't saying it from the standpoint of he, him being a good man, but I often quite hear, hear men who consider themselves, you know, good men or good potential, they, they feel like sisters – are dealing with people that only bore potential, whereas they bore the, you know, they, they already kind of, in a sense, had it together, and they feel like they're getting pushed off because sisters are buying into the potential versus someone who, in fact, quote-unquote, is a good man. So I want to give you that context before you, in a sense, jumped into answering that. Go ahead, Queen. Okay. Um, I don't disagree um, with that The, the the snip that you paid, played and also with um, Jason's response, I do think a lot of people um, fall in love with potential, um, and I think that kind of plays into with how we've been socialized and conditioned to think 
So you, a lot of women, and I'll say probably uh, more traditionally, more old school, you know, train your man, you know, as long as he has a certain percentage of the qualities you're looking for, you can work through some of the other things. And I think in some cases, depending on what your non-negotiables are, which you have to be realistic with yourself as to what those are, um, it may be in your best interest to look at what you have presented before you and make a decision right then and there. If this thing never changes, can I deal with this? Instead of going in and saying, you know what, yeah, I see this thing right here and I don't necessarily like it, but I can change that. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. We focus a lot on potential and working on certain things down the line without taking into consideration our non-negotiables. That nah, makes sense. So, Jason, I'm going to throw it back to you from this standpoint and, and see what your thoughts are. Have you seen this or aware of this uh, from the standpoint of, as Tanika said before the break, defining a good man I don't know even if we attempted to do that, I don't know if we could fairly do that in in, in a sense of, because, again, that could be relative to a lot of people. Um, but I'll just say whatever anybody's idea of good man is, you know, in a sense apply it to this morning's discussion. But what I want to ask, um, you, you know, in a sense, I look at you as that type of brother. I, based on the man that I've come to know, I've told you personally I admire um, the man that I've known for now a number of years, you we've been rocking. You've been rocking Mental Dialogue almost since its existence. Uh, I think maybe if it wasn't, I don't think it was 2008 when we first started, but it was. Yeah, but since the barbershop, so you've been with us um, before we were even a concept of being a, a business or anything like that. It was just something that I enjoyed doing at the barbershops, and you, you know, we met. So anyway. The way I size you up, I consider you a good brother, a good man. Like, let me just say that again for whatever that means. I definitely put you in that category. Uh, are you also familiar with the conversation that I consider where some good men are saying, hey, these women are going after potential, but when I show up, they're not necessarily willing to deal with what I have because they're so caught up in so-and-so's potential and those other men are looking, you know, looking at those men like that's not, that's not the kind of man a woman should, you know, should desire, but that's who she's chasing. Like have, have you heard in a sense other good brothers make mention of things like that in, from their perspective? Have you, have you been a part of those conversations or, or, or at least been aware of them, if you will? Um, uh, yeah, absolutely, and I think part of it is we, because we live in this social media um, instant instant gratification, what you see on Housewives and X, Y, and Z, that some of these expectations un, are unrealistic of what they what people seem is a good man because they want this man not only to be a good man but a person that's making $150,000 a year and they don't have to work and all of these different things. But going to Shamika's point is you have to kind of identify what that good man is for you um, and, and, and kind of move into that lane. Um, and we can't – every every situation is different, right? Um, and, you know, I think the goal is to do the right thing by the people in your life. And that's what, how I continue to live. And I want to just say thank you for, you know, the words that you always say to me and um, you encourage me to keep moving forward, Montoya. But we, we definitely have to continue to move in a place of, 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 you know, just 
looking at each specific relationship as a specific relationship and not what the world sees because we will get caught up in this well, he's not a good man or she's not a good woman based off of what the world wants. Mm-hmm. Now, it makes sense for the individual. Uh, let me kind of, I got, I'll say, wrap this up. Do, in a sense, the quote-unquote good brothers or good men, or go, again, those who see themselves as their way, do you think they're generalizing that, quote-unquote, that our sisters do it? Like generalizing meaning that they're also in the space that too many or are caught up with things that are not quote unquote a good man. Like 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 I hear that in those circles that there's a lot of brothers who feel almost slighted by the fact that they feel like it's hard for them to get in a space because of you know those expectations you meant you know you mentioned one somebody making a bunch of money, but I don't think that ain't always the case. Like sometimes those good brothers are, are frustrated because the brother ain't doing, they ain't making no money, but he still has a shot, and they feel like they feel slighted that they don't have those shots. So I'm saying that's a so even the, the money one by itself is not enough. It's just um, they're feeling slighted. So I just want to get you know, I'm, and I guess what I'm saying is. Have you seen it to that extent? Do you feel like that a lot of brothers are generalizing that too many of our sisters are are doing that, or or what? You know, what I'm saying like, what's your perspective on brothers, that, the good men that feel that way? Uh, what's your perspective on that, Jason? I, I, you know what? It's, it's hard, right? Because I think we're a victim of our circumstances. Um, you know, mm-hmm. most of the most of the most of the people that I hang out with are married and our quote-unquote good brothers, right, because I'm connected by my circle. Even when I was single, I was with good brothers that did not have a problem, you know, finding a woman that considered them a good man. Um, so I think part of, the t- part of it is it's who you, you are connected to um, and how that plays out. Do I hear it? Yes. Do I believe that it's a... a a fact? I'm not sure. Sure, it's kind of like where I was going to go to with the thought of this whole who is this conversation coming for, or who is it to? Kind of based off of your last week's topic, right? Who is the conversation for? And I think we continue to hear that there's no good men or good brothers are not finishing well, but is that the real reality? And that's where my my focus has gotten, and it may be based off of my general circle, but I really think that might be just a fallacy, almost to that, like I said, to that point, are we really being killed like they say we are? Are we really being targeted like they say we are? Or have we gotten to the narrative that's being pushed and this is what our reality becomes? Because for all those that are saying, you know, not a lot of good brothers are, take, are being, you know, of uh, 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 it's hard to find a good brother and now what? But I don't know that that's really the reality because I think sisters are really, you know, loving on their brothers and brothers are really loving on their sisters to the point that there's more healthy relationships than not. Point. I'll, I'll share with you, and I want you definitely to hear your thoughts, Shanika. So what I will offer that I will say some of it, in my opinion, is your relative circle. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that, again, the man that I know, that your circle would be filled with men who never had that problem. And so it it makes you maybe 
have trouble contextualizing the idea of this, as you call it, a narrative. Shanika, uh, what are your thoughts on how prevalent that narrative is, as a, as in a sense, as a woman? I would offer that both perspectives are slightly wrong, meaning the narrative that says there's no good men or good men saying they finish last, then I'm saying they're wrong from the standpoint that it's not as prevalent as those who are in that space feel that it is because there are people like a Jason in his circle and in those you know men and women who are loving on each other. So it's more abundant than they think. I would say that people like Jason who have that relative circle are not aware of how difficult it is for some of these good men and good sisters out out here. Um, any thoughts on, in a sense, I think both sides are somewhat skewed of, of what the reality may look like, if you will. Go ahead, Shanique. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I agree. I think I think for the most part what we're looking at is just a disconnect. Um, these good men and these good women just aren't finding one another. I also think that um, – we aren't doing a very good job of having conversations about our expectations once we connect with, you know, someone that we're dating. I think oftentimes the beginning of a relationship is very superficial. And by the time you get, I guess, a year down the line, maybe a year and a half down the line, you're doing what society tells you should do, and that's to go to the next step, Um, whether that's moving in with one another, getting married, what have you. But we still aren't having these conversations about our expectations, our individual expectations, our couple relation, uh, couple expectations. Um, and in doing so, and I'm just going to backtrack a little bit when we talked about the potential, oftentimes when we start talking about a person's potential, we don't even have that conversation with that person. In our mind, <laughs> we start working on, um, and I don't even use the term manipulating or or you know, doing things to get mm-hmm. a person to change behavior without having a conversation with that person. So we're doing it underneath the radar in hopes that they mm-hmm. don't necessarily know that's what we're doing. But, again, all of that adds to the disconnect that eventually leads to the butting of heads and the, the dissolution of the relationship and eventually these conversations as far as, oh, good men are losing and, Women feel slighted just as well as the good men do. Like, what's what's wrong with me? And I think the expectation part, communicating that up front, and just being realistic about what's in front of you, I think that would eliminate a lot of this conversation. Nah, strong point, strong point. The thought, the thing I thought, like you said, that that manipulating without telling. I thought, I thought of this one as just a, a a small example of what you're talking about is the idea of you know maybe me as a man say I love when you wear your hair long like like saying it you know mm-hmm. the, you know what I mean saying it so much and then you say it comes to head later down you know a year later we're fighting over why your hair short you know what I mean but I, but mm-hmm. the manipulation was all the time I love when your hair long you know what I mean like like. Like you said, mm-hmm. having an issue. I mean, obviously, I'm bringing up a, a small example, but it is a reality, if you will. Uh, one other perspective uh, that I had to open my eyes up to personally as a someone who's still single and, and would like to, in a sense, cause I think most I think most people would like to put themselves in the good potential to be married category if that's something that you desire. If you, clearly, if you don't desire that, I mean, whatever you desire, it could be a long-term relationship that's not married, whatever. So it doesn't matter 
what you what you desire ultimately, but whatever it is, I think most people would like to think of themselves as good, if you will. And so uh, one thing I had to open my eyes up to was the idea of what you are attracted to to the to to the extent that some of your you are feeling slighted, if you will, like me as a man per se, is what I'm attracted to is it since I want to be married, is she actually marriage material, if you will. That's not a judgment of that person, but just coming coming to realize personally that maybe I'm attracted to sisters who are are not gonna be what I whatever I'm looking for in a marriage, but basically having to look at myself and say, what am I attracting? Why am why why do all you know? Or not so much what am I attracted, but what am I attracted to? And am I attracted to, in a sense, someone that's gonna make me have this feeling of being slighted because I keep be, being attracted to the, in a sense, someone that I'll, I'll use this word again, not judging, but dysfunctional based on what I want. And I think all that a lot of times. Good brothers can they you know does that make sense that they're attracted to ultimately not what they were wanting a wife but they are attracted to it and then they're feeling slighted when that doesn't go well any thoughts um Shanika on that give me more give me more Montoya what are you attracted to big booty and a smile what you want oh uh, yeah I, I I like beautiful legs. <laughs> Yeah, the booty and the smile. Oh, yeah, matter of fact, what you just said, what you just said is what I'm attracted to. Matter of fact, let me tell you this. Matter of fact, we're up against the break, so I'm going to get your answer after the break. But uh, it's funny <laughs> that you said that. I literally saw a meme this week, and I and, and this is – I'm glad you said that because it, I, I, was, I almost forgot about this. I literally saw a meme this week from the sister that I follow, and I, uh, I love following her. But she literally had a meme that says, men are – often attracted, like I'm saying, no, what they want, this is what she said, what they want, the qualities that they're looking for often do not come in the shape and size that they want or something to that effect. I'm, I'm, mis- I'm, mess- I'm paraphrasing it pretty bad, but she was just alluding to um, how we're caught up physically, but the traits we're looking for are not necessarily in what we're caught up in physically or something to that effect. So I thought it was very telling and something to talk about. So what we're going to do on this next break, for anybody out there listening, if you're a first-time listener, we will, we will open up the phone lines after this break. Um, this is actually a, not a, a break but a full cut. First-time listeners, we are not a politically correct show, so you're going to hear a couple of cuss words in this cut. I want to challenge Jason and Sadiqa to tell me what this two cuts back-to-back, what movie this comes from, and we're going to take this thing a little more raw, a little more to the streets if you will, with this cut. So, again, I'm challenging you all to t- come out of the break and tell me which movie this is from, and then I definitely want to get into the dynamic that we're here because, again, while we are the return of Intelligent Radio, I want to talk about this on all levels. All right? Okay. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Are you doing home in the middle of the afternoon? I'm fired for my job. What do you mean you got fired? What, you can't take work in a nine-to-five? You got in trouble again? No, no. Got fired because I lied on my application about being convicted. And you felt like you couldn't tell me that? I wanted to tell you. But Kenny thought it would be in your best interest if you just didn't know. Kenny? You gonna listen to Kenny? Well, what about us? It's not about us. It's about this stupid-ass bullshit system. 
They lock you up and expect you to do something better with your life. But when you get out, there ain't nothing better. Because the crackers that got everything don't give you a second chance. You know what? That white man shit is old. And I'm sick and tired of niggas using that shit as an excuse. Hey, 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 hey. I'm the one who's been on six interviews. Six. They won't hire me. So what you know about being a black man anyway? You're right. I don't know shit about being a black man. Talk to you, man. What is wrong with you? Talk to you. Don't lie to me. Fucking come in here and trick. Get in there. Think I'm not man enough to find my own fucking job? I'm sorry. Fucking that nigga? No. What the fuck you have to do for him then, huh? Ain't no man gonna give you a motherfucking thing free. <laughs> I didn't do nothing with him. I just told him that I was gonna go to dinner with him, and that is it. I'm sorry. So what the fuck is this, huh? It's what the fuck is this? It ain't shit. This with a fucking bracelet. This don't mean nothing. Baby, I'm sorry. Don't fucking touch me. Don't fucking touch me. Lim, I love you. I just did this for us. You stay the fuck away from me. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, when a good man shows up, now what? Special guest co-host Shanika Peterson as well as special guest Jason Warner. So who's going to take a guess at what movie that comes from? That was so funny. So, fool, you are correct. And since you got it correct, you will be first up. Um, <laughs> perspective on the cut that you just heard. I, I definitely have a perspective. I think, again, I want to go to all levels of it. Um, but any thoughts? So, which, just to give a little context. So, the first part of the clip was her catching limb, the character, um, at home after getting fired. And she basically obviously heard them going back and forth. The second cut was his wife played a role in him getting a job that he later ended up beating up the guy that that, that basically let him know she had been a past flame for him, and he got upset and beat the guy up, and she had went to her past flame to help get him a job. Clearly he was upset, just to give context. Oh. Uh, but any thoughts okay. on that cut in reference to the day show? Go ahead, Queen. Okay, um, so many different <laughs> things I can speak to. But what I'm going to speak to specifically um, is when he spoke about the struggles that black men have as far as getting a job. And I, if I recall correctly, wasn't he um, recently released from prison or something? Didn't he have a, Yeah, he had been locked uh, up, so he had the felony. That's what he was saying. So his situation was okay. a felony situation. Yep, yep, go ahead, Queen. Okay, so so I'll speak to that, that piece of the clip that you played. I think a lot of women may not be compassionate to that response because women have their own struggles, and our struggles are not the same. But what you often see is women who are single parents, they may have two or three children, working two or three jobs, going to school, trying to better themselves, and oftentimes when women 
respond to men who are in challenging situations as well. It may be a, uh, their, from their perspective, they may feel like the men aren't doing as much to overcome their situation. So even from the perspective of I can't find a job, well, create you a job. You don't necessarily have to go out and work someone else's job, especially if you know you have a challenging background. Um, are you in a situation where you're trying to go and develop a skill set, get in a trade, so that you can make yourself more competitive or more marketable? Because if you have a challenging background, then you have to be that much better. You have to bring something a little more to the plate than the average person that you may be competing with. So in that regard, I think that's why women um, hold guys to, you know, a higher standard, and they're not accepting of that when it comes to, well, I can't do better because of this. I can't do better because of that because you see it every day as far as women taking care of a household by themselves. Um, and by themselves, I just mean there may be, they may be the custodial parent, not necessarily they don't have any help. But working two or three jobs, they're in school, and they're, they're making efforts to do so. So that's my takeaway from that particular point. Yeah, I'm not surprised that's the part you picked up on. I want to go to the second part of that cut, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, which I think applies aptly to the data. One thing I will mention, again, just having friends who have went, if you will, through the penal system or whatever. So you say, hey, create your own. Um, I don't know that it's that simple for those brothers that have experienced that. I, I definitely have, have a friend, a good friend of mine who has his own trucking company um, after coming out of that. So I have definitely seen men scale even okay. after coming out of the penal system. But I'm just going to throw out real quickly that, you know what I'm saying, create your own when they literally come out with nothing is it's not a, that ain't, it's not about effort always. I'm just throwing that out that the effort can be there. Like like even what happened in that cut was he said I've been on six interviews. That was what he had done after getting fired. She didn't know that. So what she ended up doing, which is the part I want to focus on, she ended up helping in her kind of way. She ended up helping in her kind of way that ended up backfiring on their relationship. Later in that movie, and this is kind of how. I saw it as a man. I'm very interested in how Jason sees this, but I remember appreciating this part of the movie, and I couldn't find this cut, and I would have played it. But basically her sisters came to her and said that her stepping in and going to a past flame, past boyfriend or whatever to help him basically emasculated him, and you can't do that. It took her sisters coming to her to say, you know, he's trying to be a man. He's out here doing it, but you doing that. And, you know, and, and what I'm saying is, she was trying to help their situation. She said that when they were arguing, like, I only did it to help us, Jason. Oh, my God. And, 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 I, I, remember and I disagree that. with that. I, I, I honestly believe she was there wrong, not for helping him, right, right. but for going to her ex. Like, come on, girl. Really? No, nah, absolutely, wrong. absolutely. Yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you would have supported that. I'm just saying that's the part that references, in my opinion, today's show. I'm saying so. That's the part I picked up on. So, no, nah, absolutely, I appreciate that thought. Uh, but Jason, do you recall? Because that's how I felt as a young man. I watched this as a young man, and I was like, "Hey, great lessons for for the concept of allowing, in a sense, a man to be a man." But sometimes men take advantage of it, so it's not that simple. But any thoughts? on that cut and what, what what stood out to you, Jason? Well, it's, it's, it's a lot of thoughts that go around in that such a scenario, right? Um, as we as you just ended and alluded to, she and, and, and Shamika said it. He, she was dead wrong to reach out to um, this, this 
old fling to kind of navigate through that process, right? Um, however, in that dead wrong, and this is part of relationships, right? Relationships fail because of lack of communication. A lot of people do without communicating, right? So the conversation of go out and find a new job, here's what I, the help I need to go and work really hard because I have this circumstance, right? This is what I need from you. And if she would have said, hey, such and such has an opportunity, and I know this, I know you may feel some type of way, but do you mind if I talk to him? That's a different conversation than between going behind the back and having these conversations. So, yes, she emasculated him. She was dead wrong. But relationships fail because people will not communicate effectively to talk about what is needed in that relationship. Um, and, and that's not good man, good woman, bad man, bad woman. It's mm-hmm. failure to communicate needs, wants, desires, and how we can help. I, 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 I I look at it, in, even in a business, like, right, if you don't communicate with your business partner, your business will fail. So so I don't, I don't even know that it has to do anything with being good or bad, right? I don't ha- think that a good will make mistakes. So the character went to prison. He made a mistake. He still could be an ultimately good person. Or he could have been in a situation where he got jammed up on something that wasn't his and he didn't have the money to be in the justice system. That doesn't take away the good good person. However, mm-hmm. this is the big however. Every person has to pull their part. And that goes to what Shamika said was saying about, you know, negating what women have to do every day to, to, to move forward in life. We all have to do regardless of circumstances. So if that means you got to go work at the warehouse job, McDonald's and Waffle House and sleep for an hour, that's what you have to do until things change. That, to me, makes a good man, the person that's willing to do whatever it takes. I'll use me as an example. 2008, uh, the end of 2008, beginning of 2009, I got laid off. I was consulting, but we know what happened at that time. The market crashed. Mm-hmm. So first three months of consulting, I was doing amazing Right, one month twenty thousand a month, go, and then it went to zero. I have a master's wow. in business administration, emphasis on marketing. I was working at a psychiatric hospital for kids. I was picking up odd jobs, laying tile, doing home improvements. Uh, I took my push lawnmower and start cutting other people's grass. Whatever I could do to provide for my family. So to me, it's it's a good man will take away the excuses and do whatever he has to do to make it happen. And yes, it's going to be hard. But I think, and to the, Shamika's point is, a lot of women get frustrated when people say it's hard and not willing to do whatever it takes. Now, fair enough. I think the, I, I love the communication piece because as I listen to you say that, if you think about both cuts, both cuts had that very thing, Jason. Both lacked communication. If you recall, he she discovered him at home because another friend had recommended, you know, with the way your wife is, you might not want to let her know you got fired. And so, what his goal was to try to get a job 
for, you know, before letting her know that he had gotten fired from that one. So he lacked communication. Absolutely. And then, like you said, that vice versa, she was trying to help, but, like, you know, had she at least gave him the chance to say yay or nay, oh, look, he might have said, I want to look for another opportunity. Heck, no, I'm not going to go to you, ex, and ask for a job. He might have said that, or he might have been willing to, but like you said, had it been brought forward, um, a different conversation, definitely indeed. So what we're going to do, we're going to go to another quick break. When we come out of the break, um, definitely got a, a, another cut, if you will, uh, that will that'll kick off this conversation. For those out there listening, if you want to get in, if you haven't, give us your three cents on this morning's discussion. Please press 1 to let us know that you want to speak on this morning's discussion. If you're online, the number to get in is four. I'm sorry, 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Do you need a video to help promote your business on social media? Contact Black Ivory Digital Marketing to get a professional, high-quality video within 48 hours. Let more people see how your business can help them. No matter what type of business you have, we can create a video for you. Authors, realtors, life coaches, insurance agents, stylists, therapists, and more. We got you. Is your business next? Contact Black Ivory Digital Marketing at 470-635-1241 or info at blackivorydmf.com. Again, that number is 470-635-1241 or email them at info at blackivorydmf.com. Would that be your number one dating tip, if you will, to single guys? We talk a lot about relationships. Here wow, single guys. Look at, and then there's there's, there's <laughs> also three aspects to that because you have the single life, then you have the married life, and then you have the married with kids life, mm-hmm. which is three completely different types of synergies. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was single, I had to ready myself to be able to attract the person that was supposed to be with me, mm-hmm. right? So you have to do a lot of work when you're single. Right. Uh, in order to meet that person. A lot of people say, how do I meet my soulmate? How do I meet... It's, it's really all about the work that you do on yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Because if I'm not ready to receive that person, I won't meet her. Mm-hmm. Or I will meet the wrong person that's attracted by all the crazy stuff that I got going on. Mm-hmm. So I had to work on myself first. I had to figure out the patterns that I had sort of developed in my relationships and I had to come to terms with the responsibility I had and the relationships that failed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to sort of arrive at a point where I was confident and comfortable with who I was and where I was going. And, and at that point, I knew I was going to meet her. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Tanika Peterson. When a good man shows up, now what? Our special guest is Jason Warner. Jason, um, again, knowing that in a sense you've already put it out, you know, you've been married a couple times. So as you hear, this is another cut from Boris Kojo, him talking wait, about, wait a in a sense, I, what I, that. I, I, wait a minute. I've been married, and then I'm married again. But it sounds like I've been married, like, all the time. Well, i got to pause it. I was married, got divorced, and married. And I'm not getting married again. We in this for the lifetime. I, I love it. I love it. Get that real? Yeah, I'm sorry if I said if I said it incorrectly. Uh, but what I wanted to point to was, as you hear 
Boris break down, at least from his perspective, what what it should look like, when, if, you, if you will, when you're single, uh, the, the self-work that's required in, in a sense to find who you should meet, as he says. What I wanted to ask you was uh, where do you feel like in your lifetime you you were at on that spectrum, you know, either the first time or this time or, you know, it's not simply do you agree or disagree with them. It's just I think a lot of us don't learn, in my opinion, what Boris said. Um, or we sometimes we get into relationships prior to having done that. So I was just wondering in your own lifetime whether you feel like you were on that scale, you know, in the past or now this time around. Just I don't know. I hope I hope my question is making sense. Go ahead, King. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. So um, I can tell you specifically when I first got married, I was really young. We were, we dated in college, got married right out of college, right? Um, I, I would tell anyone that's thinking about getting married, wait till you're thirty. You don't know who in the world you are. You, you don't know your experiences. You don't know your life. You don't know trials, tribulations. You're still if you're if you're of that college age, even if you don't go to college, you have not lived life for the most part, right? Um, so I would suggest you wait and and learn who you are. Um, I, I I can't say that I knew who I was at 23, 22, um, but when I did this for and married my purpose partner who started laughing and made me uh correct the 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 <clears throat> you've been married a, a couple times a few times type of situation um you know i did the work and i think we both did the work prior to even saying i'm open for a relationship right so i believe in counseling i believe in therapy i believe in understanding who i am the triggers the flaws all of the things that make me up right because if I can't be a whole person for someone else, if I don't know who I am, if I don't know Jason in totality. So I spend a lot of time trying to get the tools in my toolbox and know you're not going to have every single tool all the time. But what I would have is the opportunity to understand these are my triggers and these are how I can change my circumstances based on the things that trigger me because as Shamika pointed out, people try to change people. No one is going to change the other person. You just have to work on how you react to the triggers in your life. And if you get the counseling, if you understand yourself and you understand what these things make you do, you can navigate a relationship. And to Boris's point, you have to be whole. You have to do the self-work and know what you want, need, desire moving forward because a lot of times if you don't know, you're kind of running without a plan, right? You're you're building the business, you're building the, the house without any architectural plans, and then you get into a situation that's like, well, why is my house not working? Because I didn't pour the foundation first. All I did was put up some sticks. Well, that house is going to fall down. So, yeah, what you just said, Sneak up definitely want you to jump in here as well. So what you just said, Jason, kind of alludes to me, in my opinion, when I said your relative circle has kind of insulated you from, you know, what I would say myself and Shanika sees out here, you know, for, for, as far as what's out there to desire. Uh, the reality is, as you when you just mentioned the idea of that we don't know, the reality is, for the most part, most of us come up not knowing what Boris just said. And so – 
we quite often are looking for that other person to make us whole or we are attracted to things that wouldn't serve as a foundation in a marriage, but we still go after it. So it's a lot of things that we're doing. And so as easy as we can say, here's what you should be doing, do we, we have, I think we have to be honest that culturally most of us don't want no to do it, if you, if, you know, if you will, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it becomes very unfortunate. I'm a, I'm a part of this one group um, that they highly recommend, at least for the ladies, at least allow us men, to, they say men should be 35. And I don't disagree with that now that I'm older. Uh, when I think of my own life, of again, everybody likes to think of themselves as a good brother, if you will, but even as being someone who would consider myself good, I definitely see a huge difference in my maturity you know, versus when I was 25. As you said, you, you know, got married right out of college, if you will, Jason. And so I would say in context of this show, when a good man sh- shows up, now what? Because sisters do typically, typically mature faster than us, I definitely see it advantageous to wait for some men to mature. Because some brothers have to mature into that good man. They can look back on their past lives and, and say, you know, you know what? I definitely wasn't marriage material back then. Even if they tried to marry someone or did marry someone, they can look back and be like, okay, when I had that mindset, I definitely wasn't able to handle a family, if you will. Any thoughts on all of that, um, Shaniku? Yeah. Um, just going back a little bit, when you were talking about that meme, um, I, I, I related to another post that I saw that says, I'm a good woman, but I got a big stomach, and I talk back. <laughs> um I, I think that's what we kind of focus on. When we talk about good, I think for the most part, and correct me if I'm wrong or, you know, add to, the, to, to what I'm saying, I think a lot of guys think, oh, I, I have a good job or I'm willing to provide, therefore I'm a good guy. And there are other things as far as character flaws that an individual may have. Um, I will even say in some cases, we, and I'll say our generation, I think we're all a part of, like, Generation X or what have you, um, mm-hmm. a lot of us haven't even seen a relationship, not even a good relationship, a relationship, because yes, I think our generation was, like, the first generation that really grew up in the single-parent household. Right. We so are. we, yeah, so we're trying to navigate this and figure it out, and then, you know, I think what, maybe as we got into our dating age, that's when reality TV became a thing. So we're pulling mm-hmm. from everywhere trying to create this this definition or trying to define what a good relationship is. Um, and we're not having the communication. Um, and it's just destructive overall. It's just destructive. The vast majority of um, individuals come from single-parent households or come from households that, that are blended um, come from toxic households, and you're just trying to navigate all of this. And, again, to your point, Jason, trying to figure out, okay, what am I willing to deal with, um, understanding my self-worth? You know, should I even tolerate a certain behavior that somebody may be demonstrating just for the sake of being in a relationship? Not to mention, to your point, Montoya, don't think I forgot about the big booty and the smile. So you're looking for Big booty and a smile and all of this other stuff. Yeah, Montoya, I haven't forgot. So what you want, and I'll even say for women as well, what you may be interested in or what may be best for you may not come packaged 
the way you want it packaged, but ultimately it may be the best for you. Nah, strong points. And just to let you know what you were saying, you know, when you were asking about, like some men say, well, I'm a provider and I have a good job, but they don't look at the other things. I will say you're fair in this sense, at least in my opinion. I'll see, I wonder what Jason thinks about it. I think you're fair. I think it goes to what I've been saying throughout the show, the concept of everyone likes to think of themselves as, as good. So mm-hmm. due to to the idea, like you said, we are, I, I call us the quote-unquote the first fatherless generation, fatherless generation meaning the number of, you know, us not born into marriages. It started, you know, we were the generation where it became, you know, more of us being born without fathers in the home than the previous generation. So I, I actually label us the hip-hop generation, the Generation X, is the fatherless generation. Again, not saying nobody had fathers, not saying that at all. But I'm just alluding, mm-hmm. I agree with you that that is the context that, one, we grew up in. And I would also say, due to not having, as you said, just even examples of relationships, less much good relationships, and so growing up in, a, as you said, an age where we've been influenced by media, even influenced by music, um, not faulting either one, just saying these are real-life influences because, we, like you said, we had to get it from all over the place because we didn't have it modeled at home like typically mm-hmm. previous generations had. So due to that, I think you're absolutely right that there are some men that because there's a minimum standard, out there now compared to what the standard was in order to marry someone, if you will, in the past, because there's a minimum standard for them. It is, I got the job, I got the money. And so no addressing of what else comes with it. I think that does happen sometimes that where, where you are running into that. I've met, I've met these few check boxes, but the ability to have a relationship, I don't have to work on that or it requires me to work on myself. And I don't want to do that due to my past trauma that I've yet to deal with. And so you're Mm -hmm. right. There are some men walking around saying, I got these boxes checked. And not only part of the reason they're doing it is because they are at least able, they're, you know, to, to a certain extent, they're desirable. And so since they're desirable, they in a sense take advantage of that situation. And some, in my opinion, never grow up. It's adolescent manhood. Any thoughts on that, Jason, before we go to the top of the hour break? Yeah. Just, just real quick, I'm, I just want to back up and think about what you guys said, right? We even, even if you were in a single parent household, right, and you go back to the generation before that that had these things, what was taught for a man to protect and provide? Mm-hmm. In all those generations before, they was never taught to have a relationship, be emotionally connected, any of these things, right? So. If that person went out and got a good job and protected the household, they were never taught to be emotionally connected or to communicate effectively. Talking about grandparents, right? Grandparents were taught to go out and work and provide. Grandmothers and generally our scenarios were taught to care for the household. Were they taught to communicate? Were they taught to be emotionally connected? No. And so I think we need to look at now as we move forward, kind of blowing the whole system up and really redefining what a good family or a good relationship look like because what they say is the road to hell is, is, is paved with good intentions. Like we are all mm-hmm. intended good. We're doing the things that we're taught that a good person would do. Men protect, provide. Women nurture and care. No one's taught to communicate and know themselves. 
So now we have to put ourselves in a situation where we're putting all the pieces to the puzzle and taking away the trauma-stripped built homes because we're looking at generations that were built by trauma. Mm-hmm. If we go historically, yeah, that's real. We're built. Now that's like, real. That's a great. We were built. We were built slave. We came out of slavery to build relationships and homes from trauma that were separated families. So we do, we never have an example of a good or a great relationship. We have an example of what worked based on the circumstances. Absolutely. Uh, that's a strong and thought. I we're at the top of the hour. So. That, I, okay. Yeah, we're at the top of the hour, Sadiq. I'm going to go. I'm going to get that thought. Come out of break. We also have a caller as well. You're listening to the okay. Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. That ain't saying nothing against hip-hop. It's just I'm old school to my heart. I ain't converting over. See, you know what hip-hop don't do? See, hip-hop don't sing about love no more. Nope. And neither does today's R&B. That's where Square Business Entertainment comes in every 30 days. They offer you beautiful music, R&B, about that subject of love. Listen to their latest cut by Taylor Pace, Can't Think About Love. When an old couple prays, the sky's full of sun rays. And taking helicopter rides over the Frisco Bay. And roll a close ride, kids winning first prize. When people are truly happy with themselves inside. Love that cut, Taylor Pace. Can't think about love. Find that on all streaming music platforms, Spotify, Pandora, Tidal. Look them up. Square Business Entertainment on YouTube. Find them. Again, I thank them for sponsoring our this morning's show. When a good man shows up, now what? Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Shanika Peterson, as well as guest Jason Warner. Um, Shanika, you had a thought, and we're going to go to the caller after. If you will, go ahead and finish your thought before the break, if you will, Queen. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to um, just share my thoughts when Jason made that last point as far as um, the, the the trauma bonds that might have um, kept couples together, um, marriages together, when we think about our parents and our grandparents' relationships. I think with that also, Jason, I think everybody had an understanding of the roles in which they were to play. So even though they were bonded by trauma, everybody had a a common understanding of, okay, this is my role as provider, this is my role as nurturer, caretaker, and then they moved forward. Uh, Not to say it was a good thing, but that helped keep the relationship together. I think currently we don't have a common understanding of the roles we are to play. So if you're talking about getting married at 30 and 35 years old, uh, I'll say men and women have 
you know, kind of come into themselves, they're taking care of themselves, and it may be hard to now mesh, you know, your, your particular understanding of your roles when it comes to a relationship. Um, as of now, and I'll just say speaking for myself, I've had experiences where guys are, for whatever reason, think because I have certain things, what do you need me for? Because they don't necessarily see themselves playing that provider role because of what I already have. Now, and I'll tell anybody, hey, you can you can have all of this, you know, and provide. I don't have a problem with it. But they don't see themselves in that way. So I think when you start talking about the roles in which individuals play, whether traditionally and moving forward, I think currently we don't have a, a common concept of what that, how that role looks. When you're talking about people who are established dating and getting married mm-hmm. at 30 and 35-plus years old. I think that's a strong point. I want to get to the caller, so we may have to pin it because I don't know what the caller is going to bring to the table. But I definitely want to get back around to that. And I, I think I got a, the next cut might even talk about some of what you're talking about as well. So we'll definitely get back into it. Let's make sure we take care of the callers. For the callers out there, if you're on the phone line and want to get in, you do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. If you're online and want to get in, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Area code 502, last 3283. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Area code 502, you're live on air. My bad. I'm working on the mute button wrong. It's Montoya. It's oh, yeah, no brand. problem. Hey, what's up, B-Fun? How you doing, King? What you got for us? Man, it's so much good stuff. Um, I, I love I think uh, the – the obvious thing, one of the things Jason said was uh, communication. Um, we fix that piece. I think we fix 90% of our problems, you know, and Tamika's uh, mm-hmm. touching on a lot of great things. Um, and, and there's so much to talk about. I want to just focus on maybe one aspect of it, narrow it a little bit. The I heard a, uh, it, and it speaks to where we are in our lives when we connect into whoever we are connecting to. And, and I think Shamika might have touched on that a little bit earlier, but I heard an a anthropologist uh, in an interview, and, you know, they study science and, oh, I'm sorry, uh, societies and culture, and she was married mm-hmm. three times. And at the, at the end of her interview, uh, the the uh, interviewer asked her, the last question was, you've been married three times. You know, what is that? What is it, what you know about cultures and societies say about um, how you approach relationships and things like that? She was like, well, it's simple. Um, in my my first marriage, I married for sex. My second marriage, I married <laughs> for kids. My third marriage, I married for a partner for the rest of my life. And now, obviously, that ain't that's not very efficient, but it's a plan, though. <laughs> you you know nah, what I'm saying? No, that's not efficient. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead.
the comment, you know, you're a good dude, you're a good man, or something like that. People are typically, and that's before they even know me, um, people are typically talking to what I do because they don't know me mm. personally, mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But a lot yeah, of, that makes sense. But a, but a lot of times what the things that we do speak to who we are as a person, a man or a woman. And so I don't, so when I look at it a little more maturely now, I see people are saying, when I see somebody out there committed to something, they dedicated to it and all that, that, that's what they do, but it speaks to who they are, their commitment, their dedication, you know, the time they put in and their focus. And that is attractive to um, a lot of people. Now, if I'm at the, the second stage of my life already and you're not necessarily there, that creates challenges in the relationship. If, you know, uh, we, we just kind of in a different space and, or uh, they recognize things in me that are similar to what other folks uh, they've seen in the past. Uh, uh, I've said this before. They've been dealing with guys in counterclockwise relationships on the clock, and they get with me. I feel like I'm a clockwise kind of brother, just different than maybe something they've seen before. They see me at 6 o'clock. They're like, well, I met this other dude at 6 o'clock, but he was going counterclockwise at 6 o'clock. I'm going clockwise, and if you don't recognize where I'm going, if you don't step back and look at the bigger picture, get to know who I am, then it it, it kind of – now you're comparing me to everybody else, and that becomes a problem. Does that kind of make sense? No, it definitely and, makes sense. I want to I want to peel this back even more because I I know I have an opportunity just being aware of uh, some of your stories, Brett. And again, not to bring out details, and Jason being aware of your stories, a good opportunity for I don't want to let this go awry because it's an opportunity. Um, something that I thought about. Um, and it's, it's kind of referencing what you're talking about now. You know I understand that analogy because we've already talked about it. Um, but even without even going into specifics to the analogy, something that I want to share as a single brother who admire you, Jason, you know, again, told you many a times of how I see you, uh, Brent. Uh, we went to school together, so, I, I you know, I, I do know you for more than what you do, if you will. Um, great, you know, great example. Uh, but with that said, um, as a single brother who admire both of you and absolutely know how both how committed both of you are to your children, uh, I think that is also something that people will factor in on how good or bad you are, right? Especially in today's society, with the idea of some people not as willing to, in a sense, look out for their children or always put their children's best interests, you know, at play. But in this society where there's this negative connotation about you know, how much black men do or do not take care of their children. And again, that's overplayed. We all know that's an overplayed um, thing, but it's also a reality for the men who don't do it. So, again, I'm, I'm, point, I'm, I'm putting all this context to say to both of you as men that I absolutely admire, know, know both of your journeys as far as just generally speaking how you, you know, treated women in, even when you were single versus how some guys treat women. So, again, I see you as good brothers. One thing that concerned me and wanted to discuss in this show was the idea of how some sisters, it's not pointing the finger, but it's something that I want to talk about, how some sisters who can miss that y'all have good intentions pretty much at all times, even when it comes to your children, and in a sense, their ability to, as you say, Brent, see, not understand the big picture, you're going clockwise. So they're, so they're missing that sometimes 
has them treat you as if you're the same brother that's going counterclockwise. I would love to hear you. I hope what I said makes sense to the audience and to both of you, but I would definitely love to hear both of your feedback because I do know y'all have had experiences where your intentions as a good man have been misunderstood by, you know, some women in your lives. So just any general thought about what I just laid out, Brent, if you will. And, Jason, I want to hear your thoughts as well. Yeah, you know, and when I talked about that uh, clockwise and counterclockwise, you know, it, it, we both crossed the, the 6 o'clock hour with our hands. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the, the real life, exa- real life wow. example is, you know, uh, sisters have been with brothers who say, I need space, I need time. And that, and that in their experience has been, hey, I'm going to get with everybody else. I'm hanging out with the club. I'm hanging with my dogs. Now, when I come across the 6 o'clock hour and I see I need space, I need time, that's because I'm focusing on my career or uh, my daughter or things like that. Well, if they don't know me, if they haven't taken the time to see the whole picture, then their experience tells them at this point what they've heard before. The trauma, I think somebody spoke before, says, yeah, he says he's good. It looked like it was good, but it ain't what it was. And 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 maybe that just speaks to the time that we we take to put into our relationship. And, and as we mature, we all do that uh, a little. I think uh, put more focus on the the uh, the I guess um, le- the learning piece of it of uh, getting to know someone a little better. But um, so I, I guess that's what I. The way I would see it is, is you know, uh, just bringing their experience, and it's complicated. Everybody brings their experience into a new relationship. So uh, when when folks bring their experiences in, there has to be a period also where you kind of detach from that and say, let me give this person his own shot, um, and mm, not not uh, right. paint him. You know, I, I can I can use caution from my experience, but I shouldn't use it as a roadblock to my future. Now, I think that's strong. Um, Jason, any thoughts? Again, I hope I made that context make sense, again, just based, again, on what I think I know of, of both of you, and I want to definitely hear your thoughts on, you know, what I said as well. Well, uh, I mean, to, to my standpoint, and for, for me specifically, right, um, as you know, I, I, had, I had a, to use the word toxic, <clears throat> ex-wife, um, and you know, doing the right thing was not always what she wanted to do. It, she's un- unfortunately does some self-serving type of things, and my thing was to focus on children or what have you. Um, but I think that's just with people, right? If goes back to people are not whole, they're going to do what they need to do to, 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 to fill whatever those voids are. For me, as what I consider myself doing the right thing is making sure the priorities are the priorities. Um, and there are a lot of people that don't understand that going back to that piece. They don't understand what the priorities in their life are, and they will just kind of go because they never had a plan. My priorities are to take mm-hmm. care of my family. Um, and it goes back to that building the foundation of the house, too. Right. If you don't have it, you're going to be 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 stuck. But I kind of want to go back to something and be a little vulnerable here. To what Shamika said earlier, right? So, 
Hey, you let me do this real quick. Forward. I really hate to do this. I gotta let I gotta let Brent go. We're gonna do. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to cut you off in the middle. We're gonna do a quick commercial, and then you speak to that part because again, I, I definitely want to get to that. I do apologize. Thanks a lot, Brent, for the call. If you're out there listening, press hey, one man. if you want to get in on this morning's discussion. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you do. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 And then you have the married life with all of its misconceptions about how this works and and how you're supposed to be with each other, and mm-hmm. honey, wear my socks, and that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. You know, uh, the, the the sort of traditional gender uh, roles have changed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we live in a time now where the male and the female role is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. So when you're married, you have to practice, you know, division of labor. You have to figure out who does what. And right. And what's important to you, and what's important to me, and when does the career come, and mm-hmm. are we going to have a family, and and all those things play into that. So there's constant communication about that and learning each other and, and, and learning from each other and learning through each other, mm-hmm. meaning growing as individuals and growing together. Because one of the misconceptions that I find irritating is that people think that when you get married, you become one. Mm-hmm. There's nothing further from the truth. Right. I'm always going to be an individual. You're always going to be who you are. Right, right, right. But the question is, how can we coexist? How can, how can we inform each other, help each other, uh, uh, learn from each other, and grow through each other. Mm-hmm. And and the key to that is wanting to be with you. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest co-host Shanika Peterson, as well as special guest Jason Warners for this morning's discussion question, when a good man shows up, now what? Jason, we definitely want you to be vulnerable, brother. That, that helps us learn and move Ahead, go ahead, King, if you will. Pick back up. Sorry to cut you off before the break. All good, brother. So, you know, Shamika was talking about her, you know, being married and, and joining once you're more established in life, right? So I have to be vulnerable. So, you know, my wife, my wife, I'm, I, I t- tell people, and you told me to stop doing this, but I'm standing in this relationship, right? Um, <laughs> we, we got married. I was divorced. She actually was divorced, but I think she rebuilt quicker than I did. Um, I. When we got married, I moved into her five-bedroom, four-bath house. I moved, you know, she, on her nine-to-five, makes more money than me. But I had to do the work in that to understand my role provider in the family. And, you know, and it, and, and it had some bumps in the road, right, because I felt less mm-hmm. than some of the time. So 
it's about continue to understand that, dang, this is something that plagues me, but I have to do the work. She can't do anything to fix my feelings on that. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we've even had some challenges in there. She was like, what do you want us to do, sell the house and we can buy another house? And and that wouldn't fix us because it made no financial sense to sell a house that we're already in and comfortable and we can pay the mortgage with a one salary and this, that, and the third. But I had to do the work. It had nothing to do with her. So I think when we do these things, we have to start to recognize, and that's where the internal work that Boris was talking about and the internal work that I had to do, and even having done work, but we are always going to run up into challenges that we were never even prepared for or never thought of. So when we get there, be open enough as we're building these relationships to say, I need to step back and see what I can do to fix X or I can do to fix Y, not depending on the other person to fix X and Y. Now, I've heard that so many times. Nick, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but I've definitely heard situations where it might not even be where the woman necessarily makes more, but but that, that male ego in a sense, being an issue in a sense of feeling inadequate, and the and the woman's with them, but they but their own ego eats up the relationship uh, from from sometimes even maybe competing with their spouse, and it can go both ways. There's women who do that too. So again, it's not trying to put it, not trying to make a male female argument here or whatever, but I do know that you know you're right, Jason. I you know you and I have talked about it, so it is something that I'm always saying: don't let that plague you. And and I I go through it too, just in the sense of having been married. You know, I haven't been married, and and I want to. We always men have this thing. I want to be in this certain place, and sometimes we we even stop going forward in relationships because we're so locked on that part that we miss out on somebody who could be for us. Uh, Shanika, any thoughts? And the caller out there, we're going to get to you um, after Shanika gives her gives her thoughts. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, I think that goes back to what we discussed earlier, as far as overall, what are you looking for in a relationship? You know, what are the goals for the relationship, coming to an understanding, how you're going to accomplish those goals, and also the roles. I think the caller talked about defining the roles because they have evolved um, since our parents and grandparents' generation. Um, And once you, I think, once you kind of establish that and kind of build from there, I think that should be helpful but unfortunately, and I'm speaking for myself, and even I'll say my circle um, that I am connected to, that's a very real thing, the male ego, and how do you cater to that? Black men, help us understand, how do we cater to your ego when if we're talking about getting in relationships, getting married at 30-plus years old, and people have started to acquire things, um, how do we help men, or is it even our role to even help you or work through that process of understanding that it's not even about what I have, it's about what are we going to build together as a couple? Help me, black man. Talk to the women. No, that's a great question. I'm going to go to the caller, and we definitely need to tackle that. I got some thoughts on it that may be somewhat controversial, but, again, it's, it's, we do have to wade through it. Why have this show without answering those type of questions. But let's get to the caller and see what they're discussing, and we'll definitely pin that if we have to and get back to it. Because I definitely want to answer your question as best as I can. I definitely want to hear Jason's thoughts on it as well. Hi, good morning. Um, Area code, yes, it's uh, last three, five, four, seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. 
Hi, good morning. Uh, my name is uh, Phoenicia, area code, uh, area I'm calling from Atlanta. Um, my comment, and I like what she just said a, a quick second ago. That's a good lead-in. Um, but black women, I think, and I, well, I don't want to speak in, in general. For myself, I'm dealing kind of with a, a similar situation, um, very new relationship, um, good guy, very good guy, educated, uh, I call him a, a third, you know, because he's a little rough around the edges, but very educated, very smart, um, has children, multiple women, and it does um, pull out, and it, it, it hits some trigger points for me. I have done the work. I have um, been able to see his situation and just kind of understand him as a good black man who takes great care of his children. And to me, that's a very important characteristic um, because one day I do want to have children. So I kind of model what he currently does with children outside of his household um, in comparison to how he may perform with children in his household one day. So um, that's a, that's, that's a big thing for me. It's just, um, being in a new relationship with someone who has children, I do not have any children. Uh, we just had this conversation last night. Um, I told him it's about him setting the boundary, right? Black women want black men to lead. We want them to be in the front. We want them to be able to be good boundary setters um, in situations like that. And I think um, when it comes to a good man, what we're looking for sometimes are those qualities. Can he set boundaries with, quote-unquote, the baby mamas or the ex-wife? You know, making sure, because that's not my place to do that. That's not my place Mm -hmm. to tell him how to maneuver with his ex-wife. That's not my place to tell him how to move with his baby mama. Now, we can have a conversation about it in our household between us, but he has to set the boundary to say, hey, there are certain times, unless it's an emergency, no, you cannot call and blow my phone up every five minutes about the kids. No, you cannot, you know, uh, um, intrude when we're having our date night and think that I'm going to put down everything to come and handle a disciplinary issue that as his mother or her mother, you have to be able to do that too because, yes, this is a relationship and it has to be a balance. In everything, you still have to return to the table and still do work again, right? Like the gentleman mentioned before, mm-hmm. I've done my work, but I'm still in the process even with the issue. Now, this is new to me. Um, I've never dated a man who had children by multiple women. So just like if you were learning how to ride a bike, you have to go get help, right? You have to go and figure it out. So um, that's right. new to me. I'm doing that now. Um, but we do want to know from you all as far as this ego goes, because I have my own home. I had my own home before I met him. I have brand new cars. I have toys, right? I have jet skis. I have, Mm -hmm. I have stuff. So my credit score is above 700. I make almost six figures on my job. He does not have any of that. So, but I still respect him as a black man because because he does not have the material aspects. He did, he still does have things to bring to the table. Um, on the back end of that, as, as she mentioned before, I'm not here to coach your ego. That's not my job to do that because I'm not going to downplay myself for the hard work I've put in after divorce to rebuild myself in order to stroke and coach your ego. Now, what I can do is support you in you getting forward and getting to the point that you want to be happy as a man, which that 
unfortunately, again, like I said, I can be there to help you, but I'm not here to stroke your ego. I'm here to just support you and make sure that you understand, though, in this household, you are still going to be a king, and I am going to still consider you a leader, but I'm not here to pad your ego. So that's kind of my struggle with dealing with good black men. It's not that we don't want you all. It's that you have to set the boundaries as well. There has to be give and take no matter what. You can be a great father, but there still has to be balance and there still has to be boundaries set when it comes to previous relationships. A lot, a lot to unpack here. Jason, I'm going to let you jump in. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to let Jason jump, jump in because he's more familiar with that than, than – than, um, So because there's a lot she said. So let's focus, if we will, um, Jason, at least on the initial part of – her perspective about how that man, you know, should or should not set boundaries, uh, in in your opinion, if you could, you know, just kind of throw out how you think of that, having had that experience. Go ahead, King. So, so I lived that life, and 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 part of that is understanding. Like my wife has had to teach me better to set these boundaries because, um, you know, trying to navigate making sure that you're doing the right things for your children and balancing the new relationship, right. Um, this is this probably a whole full show that you got to do on a mm-hmm. blended family relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are so many sacrifices on both parts that have to be made when you're de- dealing with a third party in your life. And that third party, and unfortunately for the caller situation, she has multiple third parties in her life for the rest of her life, not until they turn 18 because there will be weddings, graduations, ceremonies, different things like that that will cause distractions and detractions to their relationships. And, you know, one of the things that, and this is not about good man, bad man, is he a good man for your life, right? Because he could be an amazing man, but based on your circumstances, Mm -hmm. is he good for that situation based on the sacrifices that you will have to make for this relationship to work. Because you don't have children, but he has children by multiple people. So you're going to have to say, am I okay? Are these a deal breaker? Can I deal with the fact that baby mama one, two, and possibly three are going to be pulling at him at the same time when I need him? And it's not wrong to say, no, I can't deal with that. That's not wrong because you have to make sure you're whole. If, you, if you're constantly becoming empty because of that, you're, you're a good man and you good woman won't ever be good together because you're both empty because it's, it's like a mag, a, a, the, the opposite sides of a magnet trying to pull together. It won't ever work. So you have to have that real internal conversation with yourself. What am I willing to sacrifice and deal with? Because those things are things that you cannot control. And my wife and I have to continue to, to, because we deal with ex-spouses because we have a blended family, and we have to continue to understand that these are outside factors that we cannot control, and it weighs heavily on our relationship, and we are constantly retooling and figuring out how to deal with it because it impacts, and it's going to continue to impact along the way. So that that's that's the piece of advice I would give, um, and, and it's hard because you may end up making some hard decisions about your relationship moving forward based mm-hmm. off of what you're willing to deal with. Nah, that was beautiful. Uh, I'm sorry, I missed your name. Say your name again, caller, if you don't mind. 
Uh, Misha. I'm sorry. Say it one more. I'm the phone broke up a little bit. I'm sorry. It's Nisha, N-I-C-I-A, Nisha. Okay, Nisha. Okay, okay, Nisha. No, absolutely. No, I appreciate um, a great call. We're actually up against the break. You can get back in on this because we're going to continue talking about some of the other things you mentioned. As you as you said, Shanika brought it up anyway, and you've touched on it as well. So if you will, come off the one when I let you go. That way, if you want to get back in, I know you want to get back in. For anybody else out there, you do have to press 1 to let us know that you want to speak. If you're online and want to get in, the number to get in is 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. We're up against the break. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. When an old couple prays, the sky's full of sun rays. Taking helicopter rides over the Frisco Bay and roller coaster rides. Kids winning first prize. When people are truly happy with themselves inside. Taylor Pace, Can't Think About Love, love that song for my sponsor, Square Business Entertainment. Absolutely looked them up on all streaming music platforms, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, YouTube Music. Look them up, find that hit. They're putting out hits every 30 days. Love having them as a sponsor. Today's show, when a man, good man shows up, now what? I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Soccer Tees, along with special guest co-host, Renika Peterson, and guest Jason Warner, Shanika, you definitely, you definitely deserve, you definitely deserve an answer to that question in a sense of catering, in a sense to the male ego. Uh, I will throw this out, give you a, a perspective, and obviously want to get both of your opinions on it. Uh, what I will say, again, um, having gotten to know Jason very well, and, and as he said, I encourage that he not feel that way in in. His relationship, him and his wife have an amazing relationship for what I can see um, outside looking in. I admire, would love to copy it since I'm looking to be married one day, if you will, uh, you know, in a, in a sense. I just love how they move together. 
Um, but, you know, as he said, he, you know, he was kind of vulnerable here to say, hey, here's my situation, and he, he figures it out. But I will, I will offer um, not, he's not the only person I know in a situation where, in a sense, uh, you know, in a sense, the, the, the wife makes a lot of money in comparison or whatever. And, and, again, he does well for himself, too. Again, he was just saying who built up faster. So that's kind of how their situation started um, after both being divorced. But I will say, um, as much as I admire, uh, the brother is, is, is secure in who he is, and it is a unique situation to see that dynamic play out. But as he said, he still sometimes struggle with it, even though his wife is saying this is cool. I will. I had a brother just recently, and I just want to bring this to the table, um, just to talk about, in a sense, that male ego, and just to give you a, a, again a perspective, and that obviously wants Jason's opinion on this. But I had a brother recently, a couple, as a matter of fact, a couple of brothers I know that are this way. So basically, their concept is based on the concept, their role or their thoughts of what being a provider is and what that means, and being a protector of their family. Uh, I've seen them take the stance that. In meeting someone, as you said, later in life, and maybe you are established, as you said, Shanika, their perspective is um, they have a plan, and regardless of the situation, if they, as long as they have a place, the idea is that she does need to, in a sense, come live with them. And in their mind, a woman that is willing to do that is showing the ability to allow them to leave. And, and their perspective is, and I'm not saying you're, you're been, I don't know what your situation, I don't know if you've been hit with this or anything, but I just want to give this perspective because I think there's something, uh, some, some aspects that are valid to it from this standpoint, that that ability to do so, and again, these, been, these men, you know, in a sense are established, but in the event that, you know, quote, unquote, she has the bigger house, their perspective would be, you come live with me and let's rent that house for passive income. So, so they're not just saying it strictly for ego. They they have a plan and how they still would deal deal with that scenario. But they look at that as here's her showing the ability to allow them to, in a sense, lead as a man. And their thought is a sister who maybe pushed back on that is hard for them to stay in that situation because they think that dynamic will never be okay. The, the, the dynamic of them being allowed to leave, per se, will never be okay. And I think that a lot of men, we worry about that. I'll be very honest. So that's where you're getting that, that ego aspect. Or as you heard me say earlier, the concept of I want to be better established because of ego, you know, subconsciously because of ego before getting a situation, which is hard to say, you know, admittedly at 46, uh, that's hard to say. You know what I mean? And, you know, you you get being creeping around and comparing yourself to other people. These are real, these are realistic things. So that's why you see, uh, uh, you know, see that. And the last thing I'll say, and I want you to jump in here, Shadika, is just even something that um, Misha brought in, in in hearing her say, you know, I'm not going to stroke that ego and and, that, and things of that nature. And, and and this is a sister that I'm getting to know, and I and I love I love her passion and and and, and respect it. The only thing I want to point out is that ego is so real to the extent that I would ask, what's wrong with stroking it? Now, you can answer that, Shanika, uh, but I think when when you understand how men, a man looks at respect and how they receive love, that, that stroking aspect 
is a lot of times how you, in my opinion, get the most out of your man. Just a thought from my perspective. You may feel different, but please jump in, Queen, and then Jason, give me your thoughts on all of what I just kind of tried to peel back, if you will. Yeah, I don't. I agree with a lot of things she said. Um, as far as stroking the ego, I think we stroke each other's ego, you know, once you understand what your partner um what moves your partner, you know, you kind of, um, you feed that. So as far as that, and I'm not sure what she necessarily meant with stroking, what my question is, how do I manage to that, or how do women manage to that if, and I don't think it's a, you needing your ego stroked, what is a woman supposed to do if she's established? And I can't even necessarily say it's necessarily where, um, a woman is making more, it's the fact that she doesn't, and I'm going to say it, even though I I think it's controversial, she doesn't need that from you, you know, as far as I don't need you to put a roof over my head. I want you. I want your companionship. I want, you know, what you, those other things you bring to the table. Or, you know, I want to build with you. I want to grow with you. Um, going into a relationship or just getting to know somebody, I think a lot of women encounter, they can't even get to that point because they are immediately pushed away because a guy doesn't see his place because he feels as though his role is as a provider. And if if you're coming in already established, whether you are equal to him financially or making more, What's my role as a provider? So my, that, that's what I'm looking for, and I think that's what a lot of other women are looking for. How can we manage to that? Is it even our responsibility to manage to that? Um, or is it on demand to kind of figure that out along the way? Are we doing this together? So yeah, I don't necessarily think about condition. stroking the ego. No. It is how right, right. do we manage to that ego that wants to be the provider for someone who already has or is established. I'm going to say this real quick, and then, Jason, you give your response to it. I'll say for a man that that if that is, in a sense, how he sees himself as masculine, I will tell you it would be very difficult to have a relationship with those type of men. Because, and, and that's just being very honest based on how they see themselves, what they feel is natural to them. So for them, yeah, if they don't see a place, then – they're not. They're probably not going to move forward in a full-out relationship. If you're attractive, they may deal with you, they may date you, but as far as moving in, you're going to have difficult difficulty with those type of men, the type of men who don't have that nature or, or, even, or maybe even in these dysfunctional homes may have grown up with, in a sense of uh, looking at their mother as someone going to be dependent, then that's the situation that they will gladly attach to where the men you're talking about, generally speaking, they're not going to attach to that. Uh, and that's just being, mm-hmm. you know, real honest with you. I don't have an answer other than the fact that they're not going to jump around, that they're going to find a situation where they feel needed since that is such a natural desire for a lot of men to be needed. Um, Jason, any thoughts on that? And we got another caller as well. Yeah, I'm a, I got to give a quick caveat. So uh, as we talk about purpose partners, I'm helping um, my wife build her uh, custom furniture business. So we're at Lowe's right now, so you might hear some background. Um, but the second thing is, going to your point, Montoya, um, it, that person may not be the person for you. Shamika, to answer your question, mm-hmm. uh, 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 going back to what I said before, 
It's up to the person to take onus over his or her ego, right? So I can't mm-hmm. expect you to stroke my ego. He may not be ready for you, and you have to be okay in building that relationship, and this is where you come in. You have to be okay in saying you're not the person for me, even though you're a good person or a good man. I need to find the good man that is good for me, and I need to, mm-hmm. he needs to find the good woman that's good for him versus saying, oh, this is a good man that fits some of these check marks. But the ego thing is something that internally he has to deal with. He, he has to stroke his own ego. He has to figure out internally, it's like, man, am I, is, is, it, is it me that I'm, I'm going to throw away all of this because I don't feel like I paid for this house or I did X, Y, and Z? No, step it up and, and, and do the internal work. Absolutely. And when I tell you, Jason, how about this? I'll sell this house. How about that? Upgrade. <laughs> I'll move in with you. But the work doesn't, you know, it, my, my, in my particular situation, it's like you, if you want to do the work, I'm all for it. But you can't sit up here and judge me because of what I have. And what I have isn't necessarily reflective of a status. Once upon a time, they were giving houses away. You know what I'm saying? Most people are paying less in, for a house than they are for a rent. So, you know, I, I really appreciate what you said, and I really hope the listeners kind of take it to heart because there are a lot of people out here who are sitting up here wondering, like, well, what did I do wrong? What's the problem when the issue is that person's their personal self-worth, their ego, whatever that thing is, they're choosing not to tend to that matter and leaving people who are good or maybe good yeah, we, for building up, the relationship with. I got you. Yeah, we're up against the break. I'm going to say one thought, and I want to hear y'all thoughts on it coming out, and um, we have a caller as well. So my one pushback is for some people, that's just they're, known, they're good with who they are. That's not, that's not something to work on. So, so for some men, if you're mm-hmm. speaking of men specifically, if that's – how they see themselves, like Jason said, you just have to decide we can't make it. It's not a work on my ego thing in the sense that if that's how they define themselves and they're good with it, that's not something that in their mind that needs to be worked on. It just means, unfortunately, you're not going to have a chance with that guy if if the willingness, if there is an unwillingness, if you say that guy, like one of the guys I told you about says, hey, you know, move in. Like if you say move in, those same guys would say, okay, if, you, if you're willing to, you know, move in, they will be good with that. So it, So now – I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just saying if you're good with that, that might be the compromise for that type of guy. But for that type of guy, they're typically not going to make that compromise from what I can tell. Listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies' gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, 
Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know with me, because I look like money. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that I love you, mm-hmm. but unless you see me loving you, right. feel me loving you, it doesn't mean anything. Right? So we have to work on those actionables, on mm-hmm. those things that we do for each other that, that, uh, that show us that we love each other. Um, you know, because I have certain things that I like, and she has certain things that she likes, so I have to make sure that I cater to those needs in order for her to feel loved. I know that when she comes into the room, I have to close the computer, and there has to be a Hello Nicole parade. I, I yeah. like that. Yeah, it is. It's just part of being married. I had to learn that. I right? like that. And now I do it. I cultivate that sort of, you know, situation mm-hmm. to because she likes that. So it's like she taking the time to learn each other's what is it, the yeah. love languages. As they when call I come it. home, I need a sandwich. Just make me a sandwich. <laughs> just a sandwich. It doesn't have to be big. Just a something that sandwich. that shows now, me that you love me. Is it like a simple pe- peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or is it something where you need to like saute? I personally am not into out. peanut butter and jelly, but she knows what I like, and mm-hmm. and it's there. And and those things are very important. And right. people always downplay that, and and I have to remind people, look, mm-hmm. yes. Being in love is great, but you have to work at that. You have to put effort forth every single day. It's like it's like watering a plant. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just water a plant once and then next year you come back and you expect the plant to be growing. Yes, then you have to water the plant continuously, and it's the same with relationships. You have to learn each other's dance steps. You have to take each other in. You have to be present. You have to cater to each other. You have to do a lot of things in order for that relationship to flourish and to be successful. And it's the same in Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Shanika Peterson, as well as special guest Jason Warner. When a good man shows up, now what? We hear another cut from Forrest Kojo. We also heard the commercial for being a sponsor of this show or having a commercial on this show. Please contact me directly at 404 404- 604-9477. If you don't have a product or service that you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please consider going to mentordialogue.com and still becoming a supporter and keep intelligent radio on the air. If you're outside of Atlanta, become a supporter, $5 a month. If you're in Atlanta, and once we stop social distancing and get the opportunity to have our live experiences uh, at Urban Grind, which is a black-owned coffee shop here in the Midtown area, then please consider becoming a member, which is $9 a month. Again, just in support of media that is about us and for us. You know, our ultimate goal is to create a virtual neighborhood uh, literally around the country. We definitely support one another here in the Atlanta area, but we've made live on the air connections from across the country, and we want to be that space. Uh, with that said, oh, we lost one of the callers. Okay, there we go. We got the caller coming back in. So, let's, matter of fact, let me jump to the caller real quick because we only this our last segment, so let's get to them. Area code two one four last three nine eight seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. 
What up, what up, Black Socrates? It's your girl, Jendai, from Dallas, Texas. Hey, what's up, Queen? What you got for us? Calling out of Dallas, Texas. Appreciate you, Queen. What you got? All right, so I got two things I want to hit. Uh, one is about, oh, as well as the one about healthy boundaries. Um, when it comes uh, to ego, the first one, the phone dropped. The phone dropped out, so we didn't hear the first one. The phone cut out. So what's that? So say it again, please. I'm sorry. So the first one is about ego, mm-hmm. and then the second one is about healthy boundaries. Cool. You got both of them. Yeah, we heard you. Yeah, we heard you. Go okay. ahead, Queen. We just dropped out the okay, first cool. time. Okay, cool. Go ahead, Queen. All right, so I wanted to address, like, the whole thing with the male ego. I, I, maybe I'll be like the devil's advocate. I want to throw in the fact that men and women both have egos, and I think as women sometimes we have to also watch our behavior because a woman who's always taking care of herself and doing things on her own and we're already established when somebody comes in, when a brother comes in and he tries to, you know, jump in and he wants to do things, we kind of cut him off sometimes. You know, where it's not being allowed. And I think that's what kicks him in his ego. You know, it's kind of like, no, I got it. No, 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 no. I don't need you to do that. that. You know what I'm saying? And so you're so used to doing everything to when somebody comes in as a partner, it's like, I don't need you for anything. And everybody wants to feel uh, like they're needed, you know, and that's as a man or a woman. So I think we have to be mindful of that in relationships on both sides uh, of the pendulum. You know, it kind of swings both ways. So be mindful of that behavior. And then talking about, like, healthy boundaries. I think those boundaries need to be established before having a relationship. Like, this is shit that needs to be understood during the dating. You know, like, so you know, having those conversations and having those discussions before we go into them. But oftentimes we wind up in relationships and then trying to create the boundaries. You know, and now mm. we got feelings. So then emotions are heightened. And then it's like we can go nowhere and or we're just all over the place. So I think while we're dating, before we even get titles and move in and talk about happily ever after, we should be creating these boundaries. If I know you have children and I don't, you know what I'm saying? Well, here are the things that I'm willing to go for and vice versa. How do those relationships look? It's like you got to ask all the hard questions up front before you catch feelings. That way nobody wastes their time. You know, so those those are my three cents. You know, it's creating the boundaries hey, it was a before establishing a relationship, you know. Nah, beautiful. Thank you and for those thoughts. And being mindful of egos for both of us. Nah, fair enough. Those are, those are strong thoughts. I think Nisha's trying to get back in. Let me get her back in as well. Thank you, um, Jindai, for those three cents, for that three cents. Uh, Nisha, you trying to get back in, Queen? Yeah, yes. Can y'all hear me? Go ahead. We Go ahead with it. Yeah, it's our last segment, so I'm trying to get to all the, all the callers. Go ahead, Queen. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so first, Shamika, thank you. Yes, you spoke to my spirit animal just then. You said everything before the break that I was trying to break down. And Montoya, I 100% agree with what you said as far as um, I, I, I ran into it so many times where I, I'm not matched with that guy, but I have a tendency to go for that alpha male because I am an alpha female. Um, but I had to learn that if an alpha male does not feel or if he sees that I'm already established and I'm already in a place where uh, she doesn't really need me in that area of being the provider, they will back completely off. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing. Um, it's not something that uh, I want our alpha women to know. It is not a bad thing. It is not something you should take personal. You just have to understand that that is something that has to be fed in an alpha male. So I find myself, for lack of a better term, I do now have to date down. 
Um, and and if Ouch. that's hard, Ouch. yeah, yeah, and I and I hate to say it like that, but it's it, it, it's difficult because I still have a space, but I want alpha males to understand. Like you said, I still have a space where I need what I can't give myself, which is that companionship, and I don't like having to just settle for companionship from someone that I don't feel like I'm equally matched to in all the of the other categories, right? So that's been the most difficult part when I said, you know, the stroking of the ego. And it's like you said, it's not necessarily a stroking. It's exactly what you explained to me. It's just saying, hey, I, I couldn't sit around and wait forever to buy, wait for a man to buy a house. Like I have to provide for myself too in this space of singleness. I had to. I didn't have a choice. So mm-hmm. now that I've done all of that, I'm looked at as a woman that's too strong for uh, an alpha male, which that's, you know, what I ran into. And Jason said it perfectly. You have to just decide if, you know, if it's something you can deal with or if it's something you can't. It doesn't make either person bad. It shouldn't diminish your self-worth or your ego, self-esteem. You just have to make those hard decisions. I'm in that space where I'm about to have to make. Uh, a hard decision. So, uh, thank y'all for the topic. This this was awesome. We need a part two, Montoya. I love the Candace. Let me keep you on for one second because I want to. I mean, obviously you can hear me even if I let, let you go, but just in case, um, I want to. You're, you're speaking, and this is really, yeah, you're right. This could have a part two, and I think what I'm about to say could really kick off part two. So, here's the reality. You you said something that was very key, Nisha. It was the concept of, in a sense. You, you had to do it, right, in your singleness. You had to get to this space because you, could, in a sense, couldn't wait. And here's a reality over the course of, we were talking about this in the first hour, the idea of being this, quote, unquote, fatherless generation. So the reality mm-hmm. is that generation birthed a lot of sisters who had to go ahead and do it. That has mm-hmm. been part of the landscape of America. It is, in my opinion, let me throw this out, it has come to harm us in this point mm-hmm. and thing that we're talking about now, it's come, come to mm-hmm. harm us based on men's and women's natural nature, natural space from the standpoint of you, mm-hmm. if you, you had to go off and do it. But I'll say to men all the time, you know, we're looking maybe down on a sister for, quote, unquote, being strong. And I'll say to men often, believe you me, she didn't want to have to be. That's But the reason you didn't want to have to be in general is not, because you, um, it's because it's because it's the reason. I'm, I'm sorry, I lost my thought. But the part of the reason you didn't want to is because, for the most part, it's not in the nature. And so, yeah. so some of so these alpha males who are trying to, in a sense, in their minds, offer operate off of nature. So again, you had to, in a sense, become strong based on the landscape of things and the way things are today in 2020. Well back to nature and those natural roles, they are complementary. They are complementary, but the unfortunate part is if you've been forced to be this way and you hang on to that, the reality is a lot of those alpha men, they're going to naturally go for what they think, uh, who they think needs them because they will not Mm -hmm. see you that way. So it is a terrible dynamic for our entire culture 
to buy into the American way, in my opinion. We only got about a minute mm-hmm. to go. Uh, Shanika, I know you have a show, so I want to make sure you get that out. Jason, you were excellent. Thank you. appreciate you. So, Shanika, if you will, share any public information. Jason, you share any public information as well. Um, thank you, Nisha, for your thoughts. Go ahead, um, Shanika. Okay. Um, thank you, Montoya, for having me on. I've enjoyed the conversation. Nisha and Jason, love your perspectives. Um, I co-host Real Talk with Pasha B podcast. We can be found on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. We have a YouTube channel, and you can also find us on our website, which is ordinarypeoplemedia.com. Thank you. Jason, any public information you want to get out? You've got 30 seconds. You know, I just want to push my wife's new custom furniture business, uh, the ZGallery.com, C-H-E-Z-E-E-G-A-L-L-E-R-Y.com, or you can find it on Facebook, the ZGallery.com, Instagram, the Z Gallery Design. Um, she does custom furniture. We're actually uh, getting some materials to build some pieces for some new clients based in Atlanta, black-owned, woman-run, and operated. I love it. Classic for a good brother to highlight the wife for the end of this show. If you will, send me that stuff via a Facebook message, and I'll make sure I put up um, that those site, those websites anytime I put up the replay. Thank you all. Great Saturday. All I ask is that you think.